Podcasting. All right, welcome to episode 138 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am your uh, first and foremost host of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn three underscore eleven. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy two underscore zero. And batting third, just hoping for that short U.S. title run at some point in his career. You can find me at Point Break underscore Dave on Twitter. And you can find the show Twitter at Where to Turn Pod. And that reminds me of something. So I think before the holidays, I mentioned something about uh, our uh, follower count on the show Twitter had yet to reach 100, but it had been lingering at 99 for about two quarters of 2019. Uh, as my phone thinks here we we had we found or we got a 100th follower we're at 102 as of right now but i did make a note as to who the 100th follower was and his name is craig wallace at wallace underscore craig everybody go follow craig uh, he's the big winner. He is a partner trainer with Camp Gladiator, would and we, the tweets are his own. Would we say Craig is more of a Rusty Wallace or a Bubba Wallace? <laughs> Craig is definitely a uh, Rusty Wallace on the, that side of the ledger. Okay. Before yeah. you even went there, I was going to say with a name like Craig Wallace, he's definitely referred to cars and people by number. <laughs> the 44 and the 6. <laughs> yeah, probably just like two-digit numbers. I don't know if he's done time or anything like that, but uh, seems to be a uh, strong individual with a strong beard. And, uh, you know, if we ever uh, meet in person, we'll say thanks for the follow, and that's probably going to be about it. Oh, I, th <laughs> I thought the... I thought if you were our hundredth follower, you got to come on an episode and review a nineteen nineties Monday Night Raw move by move with us. Is that not still? Was that not what we still discussed? Well, I tell you what, somebody gets to review is a documentary, <laughs> and just to update on the NFL playoff contest, Tommy finished last before we even got to the conference championships. <laughs> it's a trend. Yeah. I was. Uh, I've got the results right here. Yeah, I'm going to be reviewing a documentary. There's really not too much more to say about that. So Seattle in the Super Bowl didn't happen. Baltimore in the Super Bowl didn't happen. Kansas City and San Francisco happened. It's funny because it looks like somebody, one of the three of us, has San Francisco and Kansas City as their Super Bowl. That should that's be me. me. No, that's not him. No, that's he, actually Baltimore. No, yeah, it's Baltimore and San Francisco is what Dave has. Oh. But I had San Francisco winning though, right? Yes. Correct. I believe you did. Because I definitely had KC. But this is not a this is not a game where finishing first is the goal. The goal in this game is to not finish last, and you guys both excelled at achieving that goal. <sighs> so I I have submitted a couple of, uh, or one option to you. 
you can you can pick any of the uh, after porn ends documentary documentary trilogy, which is on Netflix, so you'd have easy access to that. Now, for those um, just joining the show or who maybe have not paid attention during recording some episodes, what is that about? And is it something I could watch with my pastor? <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you have a pastor that says cuss words in offensive terms during their sermons? Because if you have one of those, it might fall right in line. Are you talking about a pastor that might implore the audience to get real? <laughs> yeah, who dropped the most offensive of words. That story got underreported, and, and I want to come back, not to that specifically, but I actually had a quick pastor note for you guys, but I want to hear more about what this, um, after the final bell or whatever it was you just said. Well, that was just one of my ideas as to what you could watch. So, so what is the premise? I, I legitimately would like you to reset that for us. It's like a uh, docu-series on Netflix about adult film stars and what happened to their lives after their careers were over. And there's three of them, and you can pick any of the three. There's three different docuseries that all profile a different individual or just three parts to the same series? Um, I think each one covers multiple individuals, maybe even at the same time. <laughs> So there's that. I'm going to have to do some reading up on this because I may have to exercise the morality clause. Um, it's not... Hmm. You can't watch it with your kid. No, but I also um, don't want to be sitting down in my living room watching something of graphic content while they're uh, going about their normal lives either. Oh, yeah, you couldn't... Yeah, they'd have to be tucked away somewhere. It, I, I don't know how graphic it is. I guess that depends on where your threshold lies. But, I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I've seen the first one. <laughs> but so has the woman who lives with me for free. So if she was willing to sit through it, it's not too bad. Interesting. There's also a new film about the uh, the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson that portrays the theory that it was actually some ser serial killer that perhaps OJ hired to steal jewelry from her and he ultimately just ended up killing her. I think that's roughly the premise. You could check that out. Dave, did you have anything you wanted to contribute to the ledger? Oh, no. Good God, man. We you are have having, to fix your entire house. We are having the same problem we had last time. It was funny last time. This time, I think we might consider it aggravating. What does Craig Wallace think right now? I mean, he's no doubt doing shrugs, listening to the episode, and he's like, these guys can't even get their audio straight. I have no idea what the problem is. Yeah, Dave, I don't want to be your local IT professional, but we're going to have to do some soul searching and ask ourselves what happened between the first 136 episodes and then the last two. And whatever that thing is, let's not do that anymore. Yeah, 
I I don't know what that thing is, but I'll think about it. It sounded very unconvincing. So going back to pastor talk, I want to introduce you guys <laughs> to a Nashville area pastor named Pastor Dan. Generic. Pastor Dan has had a very rough week since his sermon Sunday. He's gone what we like to call viral for all the wrong reasons. Yikes. Is this a pastor you're familiar with? Like, you've been to his church, or is this just in the news? This is a pastor that I was made familiar of today by a co-worker who has, in the past, attended Pastor Dan's church. And in fact, that's a good place to start this story. This co-worker attended Pastor Dan's former church before it dissolved. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. Never a good sign. So Pastor Dan had kind of an interesting story through the ministry, and he built up a pretty large following. And then after a DWI incident, was forced to step down from the pulpit about 10 years ago and kind of fade, in, fade to black, as Alistair Black would say. Had to leave the scene for a little while, and he emerged from the sidelines probably three or four years ago. And Pastor Dan started another church, and his first Sunday there was only five people attending his church, and he has since built it, uh, built it uh, up into a congregation of 300. So pretty good, pretty good job for old Pastor Dan, post-DWI. He intentionally distanced from that part of his past that wasn't widely acknowledged in his church. In fact, the people that are investigating him now on social media are just coming to the realization that Pastor Dan uh, did have a past. <laughs> but what he's famous for now, and I'll, um, I don't have the audio clip handy, but I'll put it in the beginning of this episode for context. So Pastor Dan was given a nice sermon this Sunday out of Philippians. There's a woman in the audience who uh, had a young infant child that was maybe not necessarily crying, but making some noises as all babies do. And this got under the skin of Pastor Dan. Uh-oh. And from the pulpit, he made kind of a, I would consider it a passive-aggressive comment that, hey, we've got a really nice nursery here at the church. Can one of the ushers please go show this lady where that is? Mm. Well, then he went on for about a minute, and then he did the full meltdown of, What's going on? I could see everybody's been really upset and then just went on a four or five minute diatribe about how we've all gotten too soft and that he should be able to conduct his uh, service in quiet and how one person shouldn't be able to ruin it for the other 300. And yeah, so Pastor Dan's become a bit of what we like to call a viral sensation. Hold on. So uh, he made the comment about we have a nursery, someone help this lady find it, whatever. They did that, so the baby was then out of the picture, but then the crowd had had gone silent, and he realized they had turned on him, and that's when he went into it? No, so the I don't think the ushers were as quick on the uptake as he needed them to be, so the lady remained with the baby, and the baby continued to make noise. Okay. And then he went into the very generic, like, look, I love kids' butt speech. <laughs> and that never goes well. <laughs> I'll rephrase that. 
So the, the uh, story has been picked up. So the live stream of the service of the church of 300 people as of about an hour ago had been viewed 900,000 times. Wow. So it's probably not a good sign. Probably not going there for the right reason. And in uh, the comments, uh, predictably, as you can imagine, have gone somewhat the way of every person in the comments posting the scripture verse of where Jesus says, let the little children... Uh, Come near me, or what, or however it goes, and uh, again, yeah, and again, but yeah, and again, some, indeed, something Pastor to that Dan, effect, indeed. But it should make it should make for a uh, it should make for an interesting uh, an interesting audio clip to start the uh, to start the so episode. S- still employed at that church. My prediction right is now. Pastor Dan is not going to see next Sunday. Oh dear! Wow. Should we? offer him the opportunity to come to the Royal Rumble with us since he doesn't have anything else to do. I mean, <coughs> what could go wrong? Oh, wait a minute. Hold well, on a, a second. We Pastor Dan audio has just been obtained. <laughs> we will we will be adding one extra one extra cord to the mixer here and we're going to take out take this opportunity to hear the fine work of Pastor Dan live on Tell Me Where to Turn. What if we got Pastor Dan to come join us in our seats and then like halfway through the match there's a kid being loud and Drew McIntyre just looks out in the crowd and starts melting down and Pastor Dan just stands up and starts clapping. I feel you, man. I know. Well, McIntyre would walk into the crowd and immediately just Glasgow kiss of five-year-old. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's hear how this uh, let's hear how this audio comes through. This is being played to you live by the miracle of Facebook Messenger. Hey, ushers, can you please show them where the nursery is? I don't want to struggle with a child the whole time, so please help me out. I gave you my definition of fully available last week. I want to give it to you again. So that's the uh, original comment. And now I'm going to fast forward because this is a little bit of a lengthy clip. I'm going to fast forward to when Pastor Dan starts to melt down about a minute later. In a room because a kid is, is crying. Listen, I love children. But see, everyone's focus is right there right now. And sweetheart, as long as she's fine, you stand there and do your thing. But, but, and, and I need you to understand, somebody else got up and walked out. That's okay. I'm not going to affect 300 people because of a crying child. That's why we have TVs in the outside. That's why we have a nursery. If you get offended over that, I'm sorry. I really am sorry, but we're not going to do that. And I know I sound like a jerk right now, but that's not. we're, we're not going to affect 300 people because of that. Let me try to get back in the mode of where I was. And that is Pastor Dan, Nashville's finest. Yeah, I think if you're ever in any situation and you have to utter the phrase, I know I'm being a jerk, <laughs> like you're going down the wrong path. Unless you're about to deliver an RKO to somebody. <laughs> right. I think that is an exception. Man. Yeah, that was, uh, like Glenn said, that's where you just mid-sentence just pull the ripcord and like, yeah, we're just going to go back to the sermon. I'm not going to. Yeah, I, and I've seen that handled multiple ways. I mean, that happens. It, it, people have, you know, small kids, and some people don't feel comfortable putting them in the nursery for whatever reason. 
you know, and I've seen it handled much better. I've seen it handled where the pastor stops and just basically says to like, to like, they're talking to the kid, like, Hey, you talk as much as you want to, you know, or, you know, something like that. Just kind of plain it off. The way for the pastor to handle it is just to go with the, Hey, I love kids. I'm glad there's families here in the church. That's what the church is all about. And, and, and basically as they would in, to put it in wrestling terms, just no sell it completely. I mean, it was like the uh, Ultimate Warrior in the 1990 Royal Rumble when the big boss man's just wailing away on his back, and he never even never even acknowledges that there's anybody behind him the whole time. That that's how <laughs> I would have handled the situation. Probably the best way. Speaking that's of, that's where we needed. That's where we needed you as like an assistant pastor or some role at the church on the stage to step up and be like, "Hey, hey I've got this." This really reminds me of the 1990 Royal Rumble. <laughs> and then that goes viral. Yeah. When everyone stand, there's like a slow clap. With it, yeah. Everyone just standing ovation. Do you know of any churches where the role of executive pastor is open right now? <laughs> or is, that, is that a too soon um, comment as well? Yeah, you probably should. should. I? I can think of one. Uh-oh. I can think of one that... They've gotten real and got rid of the executive pastor. Man, I, I might be behind on the times here. <laughs> well, you got to actually go to be up on the times, but that's a conversation. Well, Let, let's not focus so much on things that you don't go to as things that we're about to go to. Because I went, I just went to a different place last week. <laughs> wow, is this breaking news that we need to cover? Uh, let's just say it was a matter of convenience because there's another place that is like maybe two minutes from my house. And we were kind of like, you know what? It's a lot shorter drive. Let's go check this place out. Well, at this place, can you get it smothered and covered? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about places that we are going to for sure this weekend. So we're, we're just a few days away. We're going to, be getting on plane, car, and bus, I think, respectively, and going to Houston, Texas for the 2020 edition of the Royal Rumble, 30-man, over-the-top rope, winner, title shot, WrestleMania. The stakes couldn't be higher. And NXT Worlds Collide. That's correct, which if it's anything like the trip last year, may end up proving to be the highlight of the entire trip. Yes. Because we do have floor seats on, I believe, the eighth row. That's correct. And we are going in full coordinated gimmicks. The main main event of said Worlds Collide is the Undisputed Era against Imperium. But if all four members of the Undisputed Era (laughs) were unable to attend... They would have four additional members sitting in row eight on the floor seats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think one of the members might be a little smaller than what they're dealing with, but we'll have to we'll have to adjust for that. They've always we have, we have, we have a Drake Maverick going with us. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the Drake Maverick of our group couldn't be more excited. Oh man, he he actually tried this on me today, which. This kind of touches several things that you're interested in. He has a basketball game first thing Saturday morning. So we're okay. going to go to that and then jump on our plane. He said, I don't know if I should play my basketball game because I'm worried that I might get hurt and not be able to go, and I don't think it's worth the risk. 
And I was like, well, son, I've never heard of anybody getting hurt in a basketball game, so you're totally fine. Oh, that's Especially that's before shot. a Royal Rumble. That's never happened before. <laughs> now, the that's upshot the is if he were to get hurt, we would no doubt uh, run into Bill O'Brien in the airport. So that could be exciting. <laughs> Wherever it is, we run into the football coach of that city. <laughs> yeah. It's a callback that there, I don't, I, there's the over under of people that get that is 0.5. <laughs> so the show on Saturday is going to take place in Minute Maid Park. Do we need to have Astros Not on Saturday? I'm sorry, on Sunday, the Royal Rumble on Sunday is going to take place in Minute Maid Park. Do we need to have Astros shtick planned out for this? Do we need to bring a giant trash can with us? <laughs> To warn McIntyre a- when certain moves are about to come his way. <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of that going on. I think you might, uh, you know, if they give Elias the forum, if you hear the guitar strings, you know there's going to be some shots taken at the city of Houston and and the uh, Astros scandal for sure. Somebody's going to say something during the course of the festivities. And you know who's going to have the lighter up more than anybody? This guy right here. What if, uh, of course, he wouldn't do it, but noted creative member of WWE, Bruce Pritchard, who lives and grew up in Houston. So he's probably a homer for the Astros, but it'd be hilarious if every single match on the card ended with someone cheating. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be very meta. Yeah, it's just like... It's what we do at Minute Maid. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. No, it's it's actually good enough that I'm worried Dave may end up on the booking committee, much like a year ago when people thought they were going to get to see a Dolph Ziggler comedy show and he ended up being in the Royal Rumble. We may think <laughs> we're going to enjoy the Royal Rumble with Dave. He may be in the writer's war room. <laughs> Didn't it, he end up doing those... that comedy show anyway? It was just like later than scheduled or something like that. Yeah, I think he still did it. Yeah, I think he did. But they did. That was a swerve because it was supposed to be like at eight o'clock or something that evening. Because we were like, well, it was towards the end of when the Rumble would have been over last year. Because we were like, man, I don't think there's any way we could get there and then get to the other comedy show to see a set. So we just gave up on it. And then, <laughs> like, number 17 coming out, the music kid. And all so of a sudden, like, yeah, we were here to show the world. And yeah, he's supposed to be doing stand-up right now. Well, that was a good swerve. I'm uh, obviously excited for the trip. Um, I, you know, probably going to, much like last year, probably take it easy. I can't rule out that you might have to explain to who's coming with you why Uncle Glenn is acting so strangely. <laughs> why he's gotten, um, gotten so much more friendly yet confrontational at the same time. But what is a, another side note and something I discovered in recent weeks is I actually have a coworker in my office who is also attending this event. And apparently... Just completely coincidental. They are sitting in the same section that we're in, just on the opposite side of it. Interesting. So I have to, uh, I have, to I have to watch it a little bit. You know, is this somebody in a, in a direct reporting relationship to you? 
they're in the umbrella. Yeah. So this is not this is somebody that we would not want sending pictures or video to HR. No, we wouldn't. And you know, me dressing in the maroon Daniel Bryan ho- hoodie is not you know that's not what I'm worried about. But we don't need to go. We don't le- need to be dressed like. Daniel Bryan in a match, maybe trying to climb the rail or anything like that. <laughs> so quick aside on that. I've been, uh, well, I guess it was Friday. I was watching SmackDown. Lovely Mrs. Dave happens to walk through the room as Daniel Bryan's uh, cutting a promo. And she looks at the TV and says, he looks exactly like Glenn. <laughs> Like, have, uh, yes, yeah. yes, he does. And she's like, now with his hair short, they look identical. <laughs> it's great. We're gonna we're gonna test this out at because uh, I'm going to SmackDown here in Dallas. Here in in 48 hours, I will be there. Are you gonna or, also go with the hoodie there? Oh, yeah, perfect. It's gonna be the test run to see to see how it goes. Oh, I think that's getting over in a big way. Let's let's hope so. But yeah, the whole fam is going. It's going to be great. The boys are very excited. I can't even imagine the excitement level when they get there in the arena and experience it. Now, of course, your your eldest has already been to the elimination chamber, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, he went with me to that last year and talks about it quite a bit. Um, the the youngest one, as long as he gets to see the fiend, he'll be okay. But that's what he that's what he needs. He needs the lights to go out and then turn red and it'll be all worth it to him. But he's he's a big Roman Reigns guy, so he needs the big dog to come out and clean house a little bit too. So should we I we're not we're not gonna go into great analytical detail about the rumble, but I do feel like here mere days away, we need to at least give our prediction for the men's Royal Rumble winner. I don't know how much thought any of you guys have given to this, but... I I can tell you who's going to win both men's and women's. Let's have it. Well, Bailey's winning the women's, so we don't even need to cover that. What? Not a chance. How pointless um, would that be? <laughs> I think... And I'm worried about Glenn here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I... Th- I think my favorite to the win the men's is McIntyre. Oh, jeez. I really do. I really, really do. He's going to be and... wearing that maroon hoodie around his waist, is what you're saying? <laughs> um, on the women's side, uh, I think it's going to be Charlotte. I think they are trying hard to get her to the 16-time champ like Rick. And she's never she's never won the Rumble. So she wins the Rumble, goes to Mania, wins a title, and that keeps adding to her tally. Okay. Let's um, hear yours. Well, I right. want to first say that those both of those were surprisingly fundamentally sound coming from Point Break Dave. I was, and that's, of course, if Otis doesn't win the <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I'm thinking one so, of the two Viking Raiders is going to win. I just haven't <laughs> pinned down if it's Eric or Ibar yet. I think in the women's, um, I, the 
apparently the odds on favorite, it makes a lot of sense to me because they've, she's kind of, since she got beat, she's kind of disappeared from NXT is Shayna Baszler to win the women's rumble. And I think the, maybe the long shot to try to get revenge against Becky at WrestleMania would be Ronda Rousey comes out. But I think it depends like if, you know, during the course of the event, like if they have the Becky Oscar match before the women's rumble and Becky wins, then it's definitely going to be somebody that's got history with her. So Charlotte would obviously qualify, but I, that seems like we've done that a million times. But if Oscar wins, then I have no idea. Like it could be anybody. Maybe it is Ruby Riot's turn. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, Rousey, I did have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say if Rousey's music hits. It'll be shirt off point break day. <laughs> oh, if if Rousey's music hits, they're gonna have to replace that retractable roof on the dome. <laughs> There's no question about that. I did have one so, kind of convoluted theory for the women's rumble. Would be they would have to have the Becky match first, but but what if Asuka were to beat her? And then say like late in the rumble. Lana is supposed to be coming out, but she's hurt. And then Becky Lynch tries to take her place, <laughs> but she's having to like plead with Finlay to let her get in the ring. But then she does and ends up winning it. And then I feel, I feel like maybe we saw this <laughs> live and in person in a baseball stadium already. Yeah, well, and then maybe later that night, one of us follows her into a bathroom. I don't know. I'm just just spitballing. So would you guys, and I don't want to give you spoilers if you don't want them, but would you like a live NXT update? I have not watched any tonight, so yes, I will take a live spoiler. I, you saw, will take I watched the first 40 minutes before we started this. I saw that maybe one of my new favorite tag team names, the Grizzled Young Veterans. <laughs> not bad. Beat uh, Undisputed Era to move to the finals of the... Uh, it was non-title, but to move to the finals of the tournament. Well, and speaking of the Undisputed Era taking L's, you can bask in the glory of Keith Lee as your new North American NXT <laughs> champion. Boy, I was just hoping Glenn we were going to be there when own, it happened. Glenn and I own so much stock in Keith Lee. Yeah, when we saw him back in June in Dallas, that was... Uh, I already knew who he was, but I didn't know a ton about him, but I was 100% convinced he was uh, headed for stardom, and he's a champ now. So that, that, that my theory on the men's rumble, I, I can even give you the last five people I had in mind that will be Let's left. Okay. No, I'd, I'd love to hear this. I've got Lesnar. Okay, you're already wrong. <laughs> Reigns. Keith Lee. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Okay. And Ascent. Oh, go ahead. I was, was going to say, say, I like Lesnar, like, but he can't be in there from number one to 30. Like, he doesn't have the stamina. They could book around that, though. They could have him. They could knock him out. Yeah, but not under the, the ring or could have him get handcuffed to a post or something. There's ways around that. But I do agree. He couldn't work the full hour-long match. That's that's a given. 
Well, let's hear the rest of it, Glenn. I wanted our truth knocking him out. They come out one and two, and our truth eliminates him. That's what I wanted to see happen. <laughs> that would be pretty great. I, I actually think it's one or the other because of that reason that he usually doesn't work a long match. That he's either out within the first three or four guys, or he makes it almost all the way to the end. I don't, I don't think you're going to have a situation where it's in the middle, because I, I don't know. I think you need that big pop at the right at the beginning or or wait until the end i think it'll happen towards the end i don't think roman's gonna win the whole thing but i think he's gonna be the one that knocks knocks brock over the ropes to eliminate him and i think it'll come down to i don't know i'm trying to think orton and mcintyre have been going at it a lot lately and i just kind of have this feeling that maybe them two and keith lee are going to be the last three left and ultimately, there's going to be a countdown of three, two, one, and the Scottish psychopath is going to get a title shot at WrestleMania. I'm interested. So my my theory on the men's rumble is, and again, this is not this is pretty logical, but Brock will face whoever wins the rumble at WrestleMania. They're they're going to work the whatever happens. Whoever the fiend is going to have to face at WrestleMania will be worked out on its own. That I wouldn't imagine whoever wins the Royal Rumble is going to challenge the fiend. This is assuming that Daniel Bryan doesn't put him in the LaBelle lock <laughs> and he taps so out you... unexpectedly. And I think they're good, they're they're heating Roman up to fight the fiend. So I th- I agree. I think Roman will have a good showing but will not win the Rumble. So will it be Angelo Dawkins or Montez Ford? <laughs> It's either going to be yeah, it's either gonna be one of them, Otis or Tucker. <laughs> I think they're gonna they're gonna have Roman have a really explosive appearance in the match, but but through some kind of shenanigans is going to get eliminated, and then at some point are going to start uh, a feud for with him and the Fiend. I, I think they're going to let Rollins win it, and people are going to be ready to mutiny. It's going to be Roman Reigns 2012 all over again. They're, the crowd, oh, the crowd's going to be throwing debris in the ring, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think. Do we not think that? I think we're going to get treated to yet another Rollins Lesnar debacle. Well, I mean, maybe we'll get a Rollins Buddy Murphy tag title defense, and they won't be in the Rumble. I don't think they're going to. I think Rollins is going to be in the Rumble as many times as he said Monday night, wanting to be the first or not the first, but to be a back-to-back winner. I, I think it's happening. The women's rumble. I'm praying for the meet Rousey music to hit at some point during it, but I, I think that's probably unlikely. And I really like Charlotte. If that's if if Rousey's not involved, I I love uh, the idea that Charlotte's going to win this, especially as much as she's been complaining on social media, which may or may not be an angle about how she loses more than anybody. This could be this could be a good opportunity to get her heated back up. Well, I love the idea of Keith Lee winning it and then facing Lesnar at WrestleMania, but that was also, I was kind of thinking that as a long shot, but I was thinking that was accompanied with him not having any other titles, but now that they're giving him this NXT title, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening on a Wednesday and a following Sunday, him winning both of those. And I I don't think Vince has the balls to book an NXT guy in the main event of WrestleMania, no matter how awesome that would be. 
So, and this is, I mean, because it didn't seem like last year, maybe they just hadn't decided. But they were not booking it this time last year as whoever wins the Rumble is going to be in the main event. You're just going to get the title shot. Correct. And, and, <clears throat> and, that, and that, that's accurate. So I should, I, I should, yeah, they could, it could be the opening match for all I know, depending on how it plays out. That is a good point. But the rest, I think the rest of the card looks pretty good too. I'm not sure why we need Sheamus against Shorty G, but that seems to be uh, maybe that's the best candidate for the match that lasts about 14 seconds. There's no <laughs> doubt that'll be on the pre-show. That'll be the that'll be the one when the the light from the outside is still so bright in the arena. We're not even sure if they're having a match. <laughs> That'll be um, that'll be that that contest. But no, I think top to bottom it's a it's a stacked card. I'm very, very excited. The Royal Rumble is my favorite my favorite just attraction event in all of wrestling. So the fact that we get to be there for the second year in a row. The plane may fly cool. itself there. <laughs> um you think there's any chance that the fiend gets beat? I think there's just gonna be like a tricked up ending to that i don't think anybody's gonna win i think the whole reason they created the fiend was to do one of the most amazing spectacular wrestlemania entrances of all time there's no way they're backing away from that right i mean when i bought my ticket for tampa bay i expected to be so amazed by the fiends wrestlemania entrance if that if i get cheated out of that boy think about what it's going to be like in Houston on Sunday. Well, when he comes out, but what's it going to be like when Daniel Bryan comes out? There's going to be forty to 50,000 of the Yes movement just going crazy. That's right, including uh, <laughs> someone very close to the Yes movement on our row. And that is when I get my pay-per-view TV appearance. <laughs> Start getting that mailbox Standing money. on the chair. At any point, if a cameraman notices someone in the truck notices you they will make a note of hey when it's daniel bryan's entrance section whatever find this guy and if daniel bryan were to sustain uh, some sort of slip and fall or a sprain of some kind you look over and there's a the chair's been empty you're like what's going on where's he been <laughs> I could go, I could go, you know, 20 to 30 seconds with the, with the fiend before I get sister Abigail. Just keep the hood up. Nobody would know the difference. Except you're, you're like a foot and a half yeah, taller. You're only a foot taller than Daniel Bryan. But other than that, we're good. So in order for us to all be together and enjoy this event, we're going to have to get there. So I want to ask Glenn this question. Are you planning to be driving your truck to Houston? Um, optimally, no. I would be driving our other vehicle. But for me to even have a choice in the matter, I would have to be in possession of the truck currently. Oh, no. I am, I am not. Did I happen to hit upon a sore subject? Well, we were very close uh, yesterday morning of that truck being in the possession of a uh, criminal, I guess you would say. There was a blatant attempt to steal my truck out of the parking garage 
next to my place of employment. Wow. Wow. You've like, got to be pretty brazen to go for the parking garage robbery because parking garages are not easy to get out of quickly. So if things go south, that's a very bad place to be as a criminal. Yeah, so obviously a very smart individual tried to pull off this caper. What time of day? Uh, it was between 8.15 and 12.15. Because 8.15 is when I got there, and 12.15 is when I went out to get something out of my truck, only to discover that the driver door was ajar. And I thought, you know what, maybe when I closed it, I just didn't, you know, close it where it, you know, closed all the way. So it was still just like, it was like barely open. It wasn't wide open. It was just barely open. So I was like, man, hope I didn't leave it open so I could just reach in and get I don't know, old CDs, things (laughs) I don't care about. I don't know. Um, And so I open the door and I look, I kind of look in, you know, nothing's missing out of the console. I'm like, oh, we're okay. And so I sit in the seat and I look forward and I realize the entire, like, I guess, manifold that covers starter, the ignition, that entire area is completely removed and is in the floorboard next to me and I'm looking at parts of my vehicle I've never seen before because they've always been hidden and uh, I'm like okay well this is definitely not good and so you didn't remember somebody, doing you didn't remember doing that when you got there that morning no I did not remember <laughs> okay. doing that and I'm like okay well somebody clearly tried to steal the vehicle but they were unsuccessful uh, I guess I can still try to start this thing there would be no starting of the vehicle. It would not, you could not turn the key. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a, it's, you know, got it taken care of, but I'm thinking if I was in a lot, at least I didn't have to deal with the whole garage aspect of it. I'm like, I guess I can be towed out of here. That's feasible, but that seems like kind of a pain. This would be, you know, if there's damage to the door, I can have that fixed. I can fix this other. If I could at least start it, I could just drive it home or drive it to the, you know, to a de- dealership or, you know, a shop to get it taken care of. But I'm just stuck. So I ended up having it towed out of there that afternoon. And then I had to take the dart home like a mm. some kind of regular person. Did you take the bus home? No, no, no. The train is right in front of our building, so I just hopped on the train. So the Uber app on your phone was broke, I guess? Well, it's like in traffic and stuff. Like It's going to cost a lot more money and probably take as long or longer. So there's some six of o'clock. us that there's no amount of money that's too much to avoid riding on the dart, but apparently that's not you. <laughs> it, co- it cost me three bucks to ride on the dart, and I almost, because when I walked out there... The train that I needed to get on was just arriving. And I'm walking like across the street to get to the little median, whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know how long it sits there. Not longer than a minute or two. I didn't know if I had time to go with the kiosk and get my pass to get home. And I thought about, you know what, I'm just going to jump on. Everybody always says nobody ever checks for tickets and everything. Although I'm an honest man. So I bought my $3 pass. I made it on just in time. Like one of the doors shut right in my face, and then I walked to the next one and got on before it shut. But I got almost all the way to my stop. The next to last stop before I was getting off of the train, 
the guy comes through checking passes and stuff. So good thing. Wow. Good thing we got it. So and did all the you call people... the police? Um, I have not filed a police report to date. Interesting. So you didn't hmm. you weren't concerned with them collecting physical evidence from the truck? Um not really. They're they're not going I mean that nothing was stolen. I mean there was some damage. I mean what they they're not gonna find the person. And if or, they do that that person doesn't have any money. They're trying to steal a truck that has only had a window for like half of the last year. <laughs> like this is no. Do you uh and I wish they had broken the window again, <laughs> just so we could live that for another six months. Man, I, it's so weird. Like, you know, I worked at a different office location just near Addison, you know, parked in, in, in a lot, just in the wide open. And this never happened in 10 years. And then we go downtown for a month and all of a sudden my truck is getting stolen and I, I can't I just can't put it all together. I didn't realize you had moved offices downtown, but this whole story makes suddenly way more sense because I was still picturing the Addison location and I was thinking to myself, well, how is that even possible? The people there would be driving a car conservatively 15 years newer to steal that car. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one, one funny thing was the guy that showed up to tow the vehicle out I was talking to him and I actually kind of made that comment like one, it's in the garage. He, there was the only way to get out is unless the guy happened to have some sort of card that people that have spaces there can use to get in and out, which would be a weird coincidence. You can just go to the, the little gate, the kiosk or whatever on the way out and say you lost your ticket and it just charges you the fee for the whole day. And I guess they could have done that to get out. But that seems like a hassle. And if you're trying to get away quickly, that's that's not advisable. Yeah, the whole that whole part of the story doesn't track. It almost makes me wonder if this was some type of a, of a revenge incident against you. <laughs> Have you spent any time thinking about people you've wronged recently? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody out there. I think we're on uh, good terms with pretty much everybody. And did we inquire with building security if a surveillance camera was in play uh i have uh, inquired about that and not received an answer i don't believe this particular garage has video surveillance i think they have uh probably poorly paid on foot security and that's it and that's probably who was breaking into your car <laughs> probably so so but the guy that that towed it i kind of made a comment of i don't get it this car's like 17 years old and has a couple hundred thousand miles on it. Why would you look at that and want to steal it? And he said, because I think he, he sees this and maybe sometimes he's towing vehicles that have been maybe kind of stripped or chopped up a little bit. He's like, yeah, I see it all the time. People steal these trucks and this like range and they just steal them and they just break them down and sell off the parts. They, they don't want the vehicle, which I don't think that's that uncommon. I'm just thinking. So you didn't think the guy was stealing it to newer. just turn it into his daily driver? He's gonna like leave the Kyle Busch sticker <laughs> on the back, and one day you'd just be driving down Central Expressway, and there, there he goes in the left lane, just 
<laughs> Windows down, feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. What a hassle. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. I can't say I have any firsthand experience with that. I think I caught somebody in the early process of trying to break into my vehicle one time in college, but I've never had a vehicle sustain damage by an attempted break-in. I was returning to a parking lot after a night class, and there was a guy clearly not doing very well standing right by the driver's door of my car, pretending that he was opening the lock. And then I walked up and said, can I help you? And then he just ran away. <laughs> so you couldn't help him. But I was like, no, seriously, like, do you need help? I've, I'm here to help you. I'd love to help you. Would you like a ride? But he was already gone. There's no way you offered him a ride. <laughs> I'm with Glenn on that. <laughs> No, I did yeah. offer him a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> Were you standing in the corner of the vehicle counting down from three? <laughs> no, I was actually on off. the. I was actually on my knees on the ground doing the, uh, our, our uh, Viper maneuver, just <laughs> pounding on the concrete, waiting for him to turn around. Very, very oddly timed situation so the car is in the shop the yeah. plan is to get it repaired and to just uh keep on trucking uh yeah i mean i guess it depends on cost of the damage i have uh this one's extensive enough i have brought in the uh the insurance company and they are on notice because i don't know how much it's going to cost to fix this i'm this is out shocked of my that experience. thing was still insured yeah, still carrying insurance on it, but hopefully I'm just paying the deductible. But I don't know. I don't know how much it costs to fix that. Is it going to be enough where they total the vehicle? Well, I mean, that truck, if it ran out of gas, they'd probably total it. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. The, that's, the an underrated, most that's an underrated line by that, Point Break Dave. Yeah, they didn't no, get I got it. Near the accolades it deserved. And accurate, too. That I'm driving down there in our other vehicle, or possibly a rental vehicle. Ooh. We'll see. I'll know more in 24 hours. A lot more will be clear. Go way out of your way, hitchhike to Austin, and then you can ride with me. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll be. I think I'll be all right. We do. We do need to. Uh, coordinate our logistics of when we can check into hotel and when you'll be arriving so I can arrive at or near the same time. It's always good to time it. That's right. So we've only got about 10 minutes left in this episode. So what do you say we talk about wrestling a little bit more? Yeah. Let's do a little review. So the show assignment before several of our unplanned hiatuses uh, was to watch WrestleMania 19. <clears throat> no. Even though, even though it's 21. It, I just said it wrong. <laughs> the I is on the other side of the X. It's a Roman numeral humor for you there. Makes a difference. It does. 
to review WrestleMania 21 as we count down the best WrestleManias of all time in preparation for the show visit in April to WrestleMania. Due to overwhelming feedback from our few remaining listeners, we are not going to go in depth and do a full hour-long debrief of the show, but rather we're going to talk about things that amused us during WrestleMania 21. So th- was this uh, number six out of the top ten of all time? Do I have that right? Yes. Or was it? It was number six. Yes. And it was at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. That is correct. It was in the Staples Center in Los Angeles, and it did have a Hollywood theme. Did you like the Hollywood montage at the beginning? It Where was it? terrible. <laughs> Where so, that that was the quintessential. People sitting around a table like, you know what would be a great idea is if we took all these iconic movie scenes and reshot them with wrestlers in it. In somebody's mind, it was a lot funnier than it was executed. Yeah. And what's funny about it is because I watched it and like it feels like they put a lot of effort into it. Like getting the kind of the scene and the costumes like they... It wasn't done. No, risk, adjust, on a risk adjusted for early 2000s. That was remarkable production value. But it was so bad. Well, you don't think the acting was good? No, I don't. You don't, you don't think Stone Cold as Gladiator was executed flawlessly? I think that may have been the worst. <laughs> yeah, that was a poor start to the uh, to the events. Uh, lots of, uh, then alive, now dead people. Yeah. We, uh, one thing that's interesting about skipping around in time is that it's like, well, Eddie Guerrero's alive. Oh, he's dead. And he's alive and he's dead. He was very much alive for this WrestleMania. He was in the, uh, since we're just kind of skipping around the money in the bank ladder match, which was very good. Did every time Chris Benoit did a diving headbutt, you're just like, Oh, oh yeah. This and is I, not. <laughs> it's like every. I mean, we've seen now. We've covered nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one, I believe. And he was in the Money in the Bank in all three of them. And in all three of them, he's flying off ladders and headbutting people on the ground. And I'm checking every one of these. I think this one was a year and a half or two and a half years before uh, the incident. His battle with a lat pull down machine. Yeah, his family meeting. And I think for Guerrero, this was, uh, I think it was within a year or so of him passing. That's correct. Yeah. And that was heart attack, but probably brought on by steroids. Well, and in unbelievable substance abuse. Oh, indeed. Yes. Well, Rey Mysterio looked great. Against Guerrero. He doesn't look that great now, but... It just cracks <laughs> cracks me up how much leaner he was and how few, much fewer tattoos he has. But that was his... To me, that was his heyday, was that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. The version that's out there now that botched so many moves Monday night that the match was almost unwatchable. I choose not to... I choose not to acknowledge that as my Rey Mysterio. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, we got a uh, Hulk Hogan appearance. Yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. about I wanted to talk about that because 
one of the things I wrote down in my notes is so so obviously the Eugene character probably couldn't be portrayed in 2019 or 20, being that oh, he's no. basically parodying somebody with special needs. And there was throughout the that time frame, there was an angle where he was supposed to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son, and there's a lot of different things. Or wait, I'm sorry, I scratched that part. That's not correct, is it, Dave? Um, no, I think that is either Vince's or Bischoff's. I think he was Vince's. Okay, was it? I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah. But anyways, you've got that going on. But then they had another character, which I also don't think you could do today, which is a guy named Muhammad Hassan, and this is literally year, just mere years after nine eleven, playing like the very militant Muslim character. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my notes were, hey, look the Middle Eastern stereotype is beating up the mentally disabled guy. Right, only, to be, only to be basically rescued by the epitome of American greatness, <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Like, I mean, what a, what a pandering move this whole thing is, that they have Hulk Hogan come out and basically just annihilate two Muslims. <laughs> this is, these are things that would, these things are what we, things that we call don't age well. No, not at all. Do you, uh, Glenn, do you know the, uh, why we don't see the Muhammad Hassan character now? Um, is he somewhere with 20 virgins? No, no, that man is, he's still alive, but in 2005, Uh he had a match against The Undertaker. Where at the end of it, he went up the ramp, began to pray, and then like five or six people in camo pants and ski masks came out, grabbed the Undertaker while choking him with a wire and drug him out of the ring backstage to deal with him. Okay. To make this worse, that was filmed, I believe, on a Tuesday. It was taped on July 4th. July, I believe it was July 7th of 2005, was the uh, London bombings. Okay. Was the subway bombings? Yeah, the subway bombings, which the garb of the people was very similar this taping aired the day after oh, that dear. actual live event. <laughs> there was quite a bit of outrage about the portrayal, and I think he appeared one more time, and then that was about it for the Muhammad Hassan character. Is he now one of the Singh brothers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I'm looking don't at Muhammad so. Hassan's... Uh, Wikipedia page, and it says that he now works as an educator. Generic. <laughs> Very generic. I mean, we kind of do that. He was involved in a class action lawsuit against the WWE in 2016 about traumatic brain injuries. Fair. And yes, the uh, I'm just looking at this Wikipedia page. The story that Dave just related was literally his departure from the company. And 
I thought we were going to have Dave audio issues. Next time seems, we talk, it it's seems gonna, like they do it. It seems like they've resolved themselves. Um, nope. Yeah, it, there it is. Yeah, it's back. It's back. This is terrible. And he's gone. Um, could you believe? We don't need- could you believe when uh, Randy Orton snapped the Undertaker streak? Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> he got tombstoned in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, yeah, the streak hadn't been broken yet, but in the build-up of that, they had—I forgot who was supposed to be uh, uh, the female that I guess was accompanying the Undertaker at the time. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, in the in the lead up to that to that fight at WrestleMania, they showed a montage of all the stuff and uh, Orton RKO'd this poor woman at some <laughs> point. Of course, but he lost. <laughs> there was only one women's match, I think. Trish Stratus, pre all the stuff she had done to her face, against the very generically titled Chrissy. Christy, yeah. Christy? Okay, this was terrible. That was not somebody I was familiar with. I was looking at that going, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, that was bad. It was a bad match. It ended like out of nowhere, but not in a good way. Lots of question marks. Uh, quick correction. That was uh, Hornswoggle was Vince's illegitimate son. Yeah, not as soon as I said that, that's what I was thinking. And I knew I wasn't quite right. They... Uh, Michael's angle match was great. Uh, I don't know that Michael's ever really had a bad WrestleMania match. No, they just go forever. No, and that's I think that's a problem. Um, it definitely is a problem today in WrestleMania is that they, they there are some of these matches that they could edit for time. Yeah, I agree with that. I did I did really like that match though. It was it was really good. I like the ending too. Just the real long ankle lock that you keep thinking he's going to get out of and just never does. What do you guys think of the Big Show versus Sumo Wrestler? Okay, so <laughs> why do they do stuff like this? I don't know, but in you know the whole thing, you know storyline and scripted. But was this was this scripted? Are you asking this if a this shoot. was a shoot sumo fight? Is that what you're asking? I, I think it was. Because otherwise, why would they let Sumo Guy beat Big Show in like 10 seconds? I feel so bad for the Big Show having to deal with all that nonsense. But, I mean, it's like when they had Butterbean try to box Bart Gunn and he knocked him out in like 20 seconds. I think wrestlers need to learn to stay in their lane. Well, and uh, the Big Show had to wear the the outfit, the Sumo thong with his... (laughs) His big the back old, shows old showing everybody. <laughs> Only reason we're doing this. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I think it was—I I don't know if it was ten seconds, maybe twenty or something. I don't know, but that was the only—I wasn't that entertained by it. That was just my only question. Was after watching it, I was like, I can't really tell tell whether they knew walking out there who was going to win or if it was up for grabs, even and though I did not research it. it. So I, I do not know, but I, I can't imagine they would put a, a notable sumo person in a situation where they could be potentially get hurt would be the only reason I would say no. Yeah. But he was also the world champion. There's also no way the big show is going to be able to beat him. I don't know. Yeah. man. I mean, the big show is just such a big guy. I don't know if they would risk it, but 
That dude was 600 pounds, they said. Aki Bono? Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, he was a man of size. I don't know if he's still with us or not. He's certainly not on Raw doing having fist fights with Seth Rollins. We're we're having more Dave audio troubles. This is unbelievable. Um, wow! Breaking news: Aki Bono is still alive. All right, maybe he'll be at WrestleMania this year. He was born in nineteen. 19- 69 and it's still alive. That's that's a pretty good okay. run for somebody that's 600 pounds. All right, April 2020, Aki Bono is in the middle of the ring, the sumo ring, and the Nia Jax music hits. Do you stand up? Dave, Dave's audio still doesn't work. Yeah, Dave's audio sounds terrible. Yes, I stand up. Okay. Um, we had uh, Cena versus uh, Bradshaw. Yeah, I as much as I want to like Bradshaw, I'd never enjoy watching any of his matches. I I know that sounds terrible. Like I'd like the character okay. I think some of the entrances are funny. I never have enjoyed watching his matches. Well, I mean, it reminds me uh, his look and style and everything kind of harkens back more to the. Maybe the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of very, saw. very grounded, very brawler style. Not anything I'm right. particularly interested in. The main event of the night, I'm very interested in. Did you have the lighter up when Motorhead was there <laughs> the, live to perform the game? Of course, that was... they ruined his entrance. <laughs> They seemed to be like halfway interested in being there, to be honest. And what's funny is I think they actually love Triple H and and his his commitment to the metal scene. But yeah, they that was very half hearted. I the Triple H WrestleMania entrance is always very, very it's a great show. And this was the first one ever. I was like, this was terrible. It was it it wasn't that great. I, w- I was very excited at the very beginning of it, but yeah, inside then, of a minute in, no. I feel like they also botched Batista's entrance because he should have got Pyro when he's doing his little thing on the top part of the ramp, and he didn't. Did anyone else catch that? Just be just because of the timing. No, just because he always, like, he would get out there, he'd do his little right. thing, and there would always be, like, lines of pyro behind him, and he didn't, right. it didn't yeah. happen. They, they, yeah, they couldn't make it all work out with the live performance. The uh, match itself, again, also one of the lengthier ones in the card. I just pulled up the match times to see, and, and uh, it, the two matches that really stand out from a length standpoint, the longest match of those, the Angle-Michaels match at 27 minutes. This one at 21 not too far behind it. Uh, was a bit surprised. Uh, again, I was not watching in this era. I didn't think Triple H ever lost matches, so to see him lose was a bit surprising. Thought that would have ended with a pedigree in the middle, but no. Yeah, this was actually a pretty good... I was watching around this time. This is a pretty good build of... They drug it out over several pay-per-views of would Batista turn on Triple H and Evolution? 
like Orton did. And there was a moment in the Elimination Chamber where I think Triple H went in as the champion and the title was on the line. Or the title was on the line. I'm not sure if Triple H went in as the champion, but there was moments where he could have helped Batista and just kind of sat in the corner just and teasing it, he took, taking it easy. And then there was a when Triple H won the title back, they were kind of redoing the celebration where Orton was on Batista's shoulders and then he gave him the thumbs down. And everyone thought he was going to do it, and then they didn't do it. Like, he just carried Triple H on his shoulders, like, celebrating, and it never happened. So, right before this one, when they finally did have him turn, it was a big moment. No, and I'm reading some of the post-match fallout, but it looks like this was not the end of that feud, and it continued uh, into uh, at least one more rematch. Well, actually, two more rematches uh, that culminated in a Hell in a Cell. Indeed. And then I believe last WrestleMania they fought again. <laughs> they did, and that took. And B- Batista tripped getting into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he did, and then he got his nose ring pulled out <laughs> of his nose, and they—I think they both almost had heart attacks. Yeah, when there, was, there was some pretty heavy breathing going on at that point. When he pulled his nose ring out, did the ref just inexplicably stop the match, or? Does that only happen in Fiend matches? <laughs> only happens happens with him. I did notice. I can't remember if it was the scene when he when, that when Cena came out, or if it was in the montage they showed. But he was the the United States champion, and they showed his uh, his belt, and the belt had spinners on it. That was the world. The Is world belt was? had the spinner. Yeah. Okay. Yes, the era of the customizable title, which yeah, I guess big... we kind of revisited briefly with the hemp title this show last year. <laughs> well, they had the uh, the title that was the belt that was customized for the Fiend that they debuted like one week and then just completely just walked away it, from it. It hasn't been seen since then. Yes, much like I will, they will be saying about me after this weekend if. Bailey or Ronda Rousey wins the Rumble. <laughs> he will never be seen again. Well, gentlemen, we have Man. five more WrestleManias to go. WrestleMania 10 will be next. We will spring it out in some type of sneak attack fashion. Next week, if all goes as planned, will be the Royal Rumble trip review yes. show. As we talk about the events, and hopefully we'll get some post-event action or yes. events at the uh, I'm hoping for hotel some, if we're lucky. Some brushes with greatness will happen. And then I suppose after that we will settle in on a documentary review in one of the next few episodes. I'm going to have to do a little research about the uh, options and I will get back to you with my decision, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to it. And in the meantime, <laughs> good luck with your steering column. <laughs> Yeah, when I show up in a rented Chevy Cavalier on a Saturday afternoon, you'll know that things are not on the upswing for your your poor friend. But I do look forward to seeing you guys in a few days. Yes. It'll and be- Clay Boring, each and every one of you. Whoa, I got the feeling. <laughs>